mindset, performance, science, transforming communication, perspective, and boundaries. Welcome to the Redefining Success Show with Aaron Jewell, a Thrive Global Top 10 Coach of 2021. And now, here's your host, Aaron Jewell. All right, everyone. Welcome to the show. It's so great to have you today. I am really excited to have Kara Bradley back on the show. Those of you who have been following along and listening since our birth last fall know that Kara has been on the show before. And I just had such a positive, uh, we had such positive feedback from having Kara on the show. And also there was a new topic brewing at the time of our last interview that I was very curious about. And we asked if Kara would come back on the show. So for those of you who haven't yet heard of Kara Bradley, she is an author, uh, mental fitness uh, expert. She works with body intelligence and the gut brain access. Lots of really, um, I'm going to say progressive and cutting edge. And I look forward to the time when that is not the case for what she is involved with today. And to be honest with you, I don't know how cutting edge and progressive this is, depending on where you are in the world. In our neck of the woods, in or around the Philly area, it's definitely cutting edge. And it's this idea of the gut brain, um, the, the gut biome. And so so a little bit more about Kara. Listen, she talks about mental fitness as the new physical fitness and about get, getting mentally fit now being the real hottest ticket in wellness and performance. Kara has spent over three decades training high performers, including CEOs and elite athletes. And I happen to know that Kara once upon a time was a uh, professional athlete herself in the world of figure skating. And she was nominated as one of the most 12, 12 most powerful women in the mindfulness movement. Um, she hosts her own mental fitness weekly podcast. If you want to learn more about Kara, and we'll have this in the description, you can go to carabradley.net and you can see what she's doing now. She has this whole page where she shares what she's doing now. Part of Kara's story also involves her being the owner of a chain of yoga studios in uh, the mainline Pennsylvania area. So her story is just full and rich and the adventures continue. Kara, it is so great to have you on today. Oh, it's so great to be here, Erin. Thanks so much. Our conversations are endless. So I'm so excited to see where this one goes. I know. I know. I really am. I've been really looking forward to this. So you know what? We're going to dive right in, Kara. And let's start off. So today's topic is going to be what is known as Game B. We're going to learn a little bit more about this. We're going to learn a little bit more about what has inspired your journey, what brought you to this point where you were even interested in exploring what Game B is and um, where you're at now with this work. So um, maybe you can start off, um, maybe start off by telling us a little bit about high level, what game B is, and then what brought you to this point? Yeah, well, I could only speak high level, to be honest with you. Um, I learned about game B from my husband, Brian, who has been deep in this work of understanding how humans think, how we can collaborate more consciously together, what is team or group flow. And what we're learning, and a lot of high-level thinkers out there for sure, is that you know we're playing in very much a finite game, which is game A. 
And a finite game is really where very few, where there are very few winners and a lot of others who aren't winning, basically. And so I think that probably everyone could relate to this in some capacity. You know, when you see um, Jeff Bezos take off and, and go into outer space, right? So very game A. He thanked all of the customers and his employees for helping him get into space. You know, this is a game A orientation. It's how we're all living just unconsciously. And game B, it's it's not a philosophy. It's not a religion. It's not a political structure. It really is an orientation. It's a mental orientation towards living in a world where all humans flourish and the planet thrives. So what, what game B is helping me to do is to reorient how I live in the world, how I work in the world, how I consume, how I speak, how I walk on this earth. And, and I can ask myself in any given moment, is this in a game A or game B direction? Is this helping or hurting? Is this helping only a few or is this in the direction where there is more of what's called an omni-win or a, a win-win-win, where there's an infinite game, where there's not an end to our existence, but actually we are living in a world where we are supporting our planet, supporting each other. And so it's rocked my world for sure, because I've lived, I mean, we're, we're all accustomed to and conditioned to consume and live and work in a very game A sort of way. So it's really, you know, not one or the other. I mean, you could think about it in terms of the matrix being sort of red pill, blue pill type of idea, but it's not that extreme because it's not a movie. It's real, it's real life. Um, so it's really what it is. It's just an orientation. So I've reoriented quite a bit of how probably almost all aspects of how I live in a game B direction. Mm. Oh boy. I have a lot of questions here, but we're going to, okay. So that's really helpful that, I mean, that made, made a lot of sense to me. So before I dive into any questions specifically about game B, can you tell me a little bit, can you tell us a little bit more about what it is that's attractive to you about Game B and mm. why? Yeah, well, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. My father was an entrepreneur. And so I've lived in a world um, as a small business owner. And uh, I'm, I no longer own my business. I sold it right before COVID, uh, but I am still involved in business very much so. But I, I, firstly, I know how hard it is for a small business owner to make, to make it work. And I mean, we're talking pre-COVID. Now, forget about it. I mean, it is so challenging for small business owners to make it. I mean, it, it breaks my heart. It, it makes me cry. Just passing by business after business, now seeing doors closed, dreams shattered. Um, and so... How do we support each other as small business owners or, or how do we support our small businesses when in one click, we could literally have everything we need off of Amazon. In two clicks, we could have everything we need off the internet. 
and while our, our local businesses are drying up. This is just one example of how it's changed my life. I owned a small yoga studio um, and we were crushed over the years. It's still around. Verge is still thriving or surviving, I should say, after COVID. But over the last 10 years, we were crushed by big business coming in all around us. And I don't have any problem with capitalism, but what I do see happening is there are a lot of us that are passionate entrepreneurs that are no longer able to make it as small business owners. And so we are, we're, we're being forced to live in a game A way, which is to um, either work for or sell to or um, just stop our dreams and do what we need to do to put food on the table. Yeah. And, and being a small business owner myself, it's, uh, you know, it really hits home. And, you know, my father is an entrepreneur. He's been a small business owner his whole life. My grandfather um, had very much an entrepreneurial spirit and was involved in a lot of ideas along the way. And, and that passion that you talk about, you know, that creative outlet that gets to be explored in the small business setting, you know, how challenging it's become for that to happen. And, you know, in the United States, our culture is an individualistic culture. Like when you, when we look at the different countries around the world, some countries are, de are described as being more collective cultures. That is not the case in the U S. So it's, it's almost like this irony, right? Because we are celebrated for our individual accomplishments, our individual contributions as humans were recognized for that success which is why we tend to have a pretty competitive spirit and really enjoy the, the spirit of competition, right? But it's almost like it's not really being honored because the, the flip side is we can't really survive on our own anymore. So how is it that Game B addresses that? Are you looking to increase leadership competence and trustworthiness on your team? Do you see more opportunities to build rapport and a sense of community on your team? Are you challenged with completely trusting yourself and your team as a leader? Book a call today with Erin Jewell Consulting to learn more about the PACE Signature System. PACE, an acronym for Perspective, Alignment, Communication, and Equanimity, is designed to increase a sense of community and trustworthiness on your team to improve outcomes and drive the successful results you know that you and your team are capable of. All in six months. Go to erinjewelconsulting.com forward slash bookings for a free consult and enjoy. Hmm. And, and this is kind of the, um, the paradox, is it? Gaby isn't a thing, right? It's just a direction. It's an orientation. It's, uh, for instance, my husband and I are um, at the tail end of a two-month journey across the country, working from the road, um, you know, a little camping, a little Airbnb, a little hotels, kind of a mix, some, some friends and family. And we made a commitment as we drove across the country to only eat in local restaurants, no chains. You know, we're going to find the local as much as possible. We're going to find the local and support it. And so it's just a way, it's an orientation of how we are choosing to live. Our work right now is primarily focused on 
a, an early stage network marketing company. And this network, I mean, never, I've never done anything like this. But what we are finding is that network marketing, for all of its um, issues that people may have with it, it's actually a neutral business model that supports the everybody. It is a, it's a, it's a, a really available and accessible business model for anyone, regardless of college degree or income or anything to, to get involved with and to be successful. And it is a, it's a conscious business model. So we are having really a lot of fun. And also it's incredibly rewarding to be working in, in group flow with our team together. It's not one winner takes all. It's, it's doing it together. It's really a beautiful combination of, you know, capitalism and, and competitiveness, right? Like you were saying, we all have this, this drive in us and also a way to collaborate in, in a way I've never experienced before. Mm. So powerful. So powerful. So, so tell me, so it's an orientation. So I've got to continue to get used to this myself because I, I, I see it as this thing and it's not, it's, it's an orientation. I love that. So what about this orientation is a positive, a plus for a culture like the U S culture that is so used to, um, you know, this, this level of capitalism that seems to take out the small business owner? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good question, a hard one to answer. Um, you know, I like to think about us um, all, at, all of us are networks. We're all networks. We've all had these incredible networks of neighbors and families and um, colleagues and if we could learn to live in a in a way where we where we truly are supporting each other instead of trying to pull each other down, and I think in a, in a lot of ways, and you and I have had this conversation kind of off off air about women in general, you know, women, successful women. Um, if we could truly work toward empowering one another, really empowering, encouraging, celebrating each other instead of um, pulling each other down, that is a really good place to start. How can I celebrate my peers and my colleagues and my friends and my family and support them and support them in a way that encourages them to keep going and them to, to, to really um, offer their mastery to the world? So what happens for so many of us, and it happened to me as a business owner, a yoga business owner, is that I felt like I had to compromise my what I really felt like would be the best way to serve our community. But I had to compromise because big business outside of me was kind of squeezing me. Um, so, And all of us are doing it in certain ways. We're compromising, buying a certain vegetable you know, to buy a, you know, less expensive vegetable, or we're, we're compromising um, the way that we live. And so game B is simply a way of saying, you know what, I'm going to do as much as I can. I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to do as much as I can to promote uh, humans flourishing and the planet thriving. Mm. <sighs> wow. Yes, yes, yes to that. So 
this orientation where all of a sudden it's not, it's not like one thing that we do in our lives. It's like everything that we do in our lives, we do. It almost reminds me of what I would learn about like conscious consumerism. You know, when I lived out in California and, and in Hawaii, there was, there was just a tremendous amount of that around just conscious consumerism. Everybody composted, everybody, you know, wooden utensils and um, plastic. I mean, California supermarkets haven't had plastic bags for as long as I've lived there, which was started in 2014, you know, and, uh, you know, ever since ever up until I left. So, so you have this like idea of conscious consumerism, which in order to get to that point, you have to kind of care deeply enough about things beyond yourself, right? And you're in the mental health world. You know as well as I do, if we're not really in a position to care deeply about ourselves, it makes it really hard for us to care deeply about the people around us, right? Um, and I'll share this and ask the question as we, as we begin to wind down here. So I had this client and she had just gone through this master's program. And when we started our work together, she said, I am so grateful that you're holding this space for me to be selfish during our time together. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, one of the first books I received in this master's class was all about how I could be a better leader to others. And all I could think of as I was reading this book is I don't care about being a better leader to others right now. I am, I am depleted. I'm burnt out. I am, you know, this person was the breadwinner in her family. She was a mom, had multiple kids, like, you know, and it's like, what is something that you can offer just in the next minute or so for somebody to be able to first prioritize themselves and then, and then acknowledge the possibility of going beyond that and caring deeply for others? Oh, wow. I love that you asked this question because I have thought about this a lot. And be, I've been in the fitness world for 40 years. I've seen everything come and go. And what I recognize, because I'm now both in the physical and mental fitness fields. So our, it's really just fitness. It's overall fitness. Mind and body, is they're not disconnected. The most important thing we need to do is to feel good first. I mean, it's, it sounds so simple. It's like, of course, Kara, duh, right? Like I know this, but no, really. Like we need to feel good first. That means physically and mentally. When we feel good and start to feel good, it is then that we can lift our chin up and look out and think about or see more clearly, how do I make impact in this world? What are my unique gifts? What is my passion and purpose? How do I shift a little bit here and there? But we can't do that unless we feel good first. It's our birthright. And it is not selfish. In fact, that's why I do what I do. If I could help people feel good first, and then secondly, and I feel like this is a really important step that a lot of us, especially women, forget. Like when you get to a level of fitness, mental and physical, then it's almost, it's our obligation to lift our chin and look up, you know, to get off the spin bike and to get out into the world and go help humans flourish, go help the planet thrive. Mm. I, I don't even like, yes, 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 yes. Let, let's wind down on this note. That is a hundred percent, right? A hundred percent. The moral of the story is all this amazing stuff we're talking about today 
that Kara that you're sharing about, it, it does start with self and uh, it starts with taking care of yourself, gestures of appreciation. There's a million things you can do. There's a million things you can do. And you know what? If you have questions about any of that, reach out to Kara, you know, reach out to Kara, get, go on, um, Kara, how do people contact you? We'll put stuff in the description, but what's a good way? Yeah. So carabradley.net care with the C is the best place. And I have a mental fitness protocol where I lay it all out, all of the categories of, of really building mental and physical fitness. So that's probably a good place to start. That's fantastic. So just as we wrap up our time together today, Kara, will you tell us um, just anything, you know, one thing you want to leave the audience with today that uh, you think might be supportive or empowering? Mm. I believe in human potential. I I have always believed that we have more in us than we could possibly imagine. And when we can start to trust ourselves every day, trusting ourselves a little bit more, it not only helps us and our families, but it will help the world. It will shift this chaos. So it all begins with trusting in your own infinite intelligence. On that note, thank you so, so much, Kara, for your time today. This was absolutely incredible. I appreciate you. And until the next time, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, visit AaronJewelConsulting.com. 